Hi, and welcome to The Literary Sipper. I'm Amber Vitti Hill, your host, and today we're going to talk about three types of books that make great gifts. It's the first day of Advent, and Hanukkah is next week, and it's just a time to celebrate and give gifts to our friends and family. And I, of course, rely heavily on books, and I also rely heavily on food gifts. I'm just not really into clutter, um, and I don't consider books clutter. So there we go. And books can be passed on. They can be donated. They can be given to your library, and they can leave your house when you're finished with them and bless somebody else's house or not. You know, if you didn't like the book, then maybe don't pass it on to someone you love. But maybe, you know, that's a new kind of book club. I hate this book, and I think you will too. Um, Maybe we'll try that in the new year. But anyway, I wanted to start today with just talking about how important it is to try to shop independent bookstores if possible. A shout out to Bricks and Mortar, which is the local one near me here in Washington. It's in Redmond, and it's a great one if you're local. The owners are so lovely. The bookstore is amazing. And of course, they have all the literary gifts um, stationery, socks, moleskin notebooks, pens, beautiful cards made by local artists. Um, each uh, person who works at the bookstore has a section of books that they love this year and recommend. And everyone who works there is just incredibly knowledgeable, compassionate, understanding, wants to talk to you. Um, and they support local writers, which of course I love. And um, so if you are in the King County area in Pacific Northwest, go to Bricks and Mortar. It's a great store. But wherever you are, try to make indie book shopping a place for your Christmas shopping. And they often have book lists of their bestsellers, and that's a great place to start as well. And as I've mentioned many times on various social media channels, my favorite bookstore discovery of the new year was Naranji Books in Vancouver on Granville Island. If you are in that area, go there, see if you can order from their website. Um, it is the most special uh, curated bookstore with a multicultural perspective that I have ever seen. And the owner is, again, a wonderful person, very knowledgeable. And the store is like a museum. It, the books that she selects are just so stunning to look at. I really just want to kind of have a room that looks like that in my house um, and then have her come and just decide what books should be in it. And so I, again, recommend that as well. And I'll link them both in the show notes so that if you want to start shopping from an independent bookstore and maybe you don't have one in your area, maybe you're in a wasteland where, you know, you're really buying off Amazon or the only thing game in town is Barnes & Noble, which, you know, I'm kind of okay with these days. Uh, Barnes & Noble's really made a huge push to think about their community when they are buying books and what books that they are selecting to put on those front tables, it really depends on what books people are buying in their neighborhoods. And I think that that's made a huge difference um, for them as they've moved away from being kind of a glorified toy store to being, again, a bookseller. And um, But, of course, I want to support small businesses, and I think most readers do. So getting back to the topic at hand, the first kind of gift 
book that I recommend is, of course, a beautiful coffee table book. I am a fan of photography. That is one of my my medium of choice when it comes to decorating my house. It is the thing that I find myself being inspired by when I sit down and write. There's so many, of course, beautiful coffee book table books out there. And depending on the topic of, you know, choice. So if you have someone who's very into modern art, you might find a coffee table book of their favorite artists, or you might find one of their favorite place. Um, but one that I absolutely recommend and have given as gifts many times is a book called Accidentally Wes Anderson. And with the AI filter that's so popular right now, where everybody's turning their lives or other movies into Wes Anderson-inspired um, cinematic scenes, um, I find this book really, really interesting. So basically, it's also a great follow on Instagram. They took a book and they, you know, applied all the filters, but they also found these amazing moments all over the world of old hotels or camps or restaurants or buildings, taxi cabs, people that just look in right out of a Wes Anderson movie. And I am a huge Wes Anderson fan, as so many are. Um, and I find new things in those photographs every time. I look at them and I love that we're all sort of starting to see the world the way he sees it, in the colors that he sees it, in the stillness as he sees it, um, where every color is a mood, where every person is an art um, in and of itself. And I just watched um, the beloved Life of Henry Sugar, the Roald Dahl short film that starred Benedict. Cumberbatch. It was like an hour long on Netflix. And in that space of an hour, he makes you feel like you're in the theater. And he also makes you feel like you're watching a movie. And he makes you feel like you're reading a book all at the same time. So the creators of Accidentally Wes Anderson, it's not him, um, uh, have done an amazing job collecting this vision of the world that so many of us would like to be inside of. And I highly recommend it. There's also a secondary book that I have called Bad Dads, which is art inspired by Wes Anderson's Bad Dads in all of his movies like Steve Zissou or Royal Tenenbaum. And that's also a great book. Uh, and I have recommend that as well. But coffee table books in general are also incredibly well written. And I highly suggest you read them as well as look at the beautiful pictures because you can learn a lot about whatever the topic is. And in a short form um, medium and that it doesn't take a long time. You don't you can just pick it up, look at it, put it down again. But there is some beautiful there are some beautifully written vignettes accompanying the Wes Anderson um, book, but also the forwards are generally um, well researched and written by experts in the field, whatever the topic is. Again, if it's a historical coffee table book, an artistic coffee table book something more niche. It's generally someone who is either vastly interested in the topic, connected personally to the topic, or in fact, the writer artist themselves, which is of course always wonderful to hear in the, hear from them in their own words. The second type of book that I think make great gifts are memoirs of musicians. I, of course, 
love music and everything about music. And I love biopics, as we sort of talked about last week. And I think the rock memoir is a wonderful Christmas gift because they're generally fast reading. They're not very long unless you're talking about Keith Richards' My Life, which I think is like a 400 page tome, but still one of the best books I have read in a long time. I don't know who the ghostwriter was on that book, but that book reads like a Dickensian fairy tale, and I highly recommend it. And if you like audiobooks, it's read by Johnny Depp as sort of Captain Jack in a way, you know, of course, Captain Jack being based on Keith Richards himself, but he does a phenomenal job in reading that book. Anyway, back to the topic. Rock memoirs in general are great depictions of the landscape of a particular scene. So whether that's 90s grunge, whether that's, you know, 60s Woodstock, whether that's um, Dave Grohl's expansive career in the storyteller, which just has gotten so many accolades this past year. Uh, I think you can't go wrong with a good rock memoir. And I don't even think it matters whether the person likes that musician or not. I think it is also, it's just about the scope of a life lived in the arts. That's really interesting. And because um, rock bands are a modern entity, the books are easily relatable so that people have an understanding of the time and space without having to do much historical backtracking on Wikipedia, like, wait, what year is this and what's going on? I think that everybody can have a handle on, you know, what it is to be growing up in L.A. in the 80s, for example, with Flea's new autobiography that he wrote called Acid for the Children. But the two that I'm recommending um, are Kim Gordon's Girl in the Band and um, Carrie Brownstein's Hunger Makes the Modern Girl. And I think in terms of gifts for your female friends, eh, just female friends, I shouldn't say that. Anybody would love these books, but especially women who are trying to be artists in the world. It really, they are really, really special visions of what it meant to be sometimes the singular person in a group of men. So going on Lollapalooza and being Kim Gordon or starting Slater Kinney as Carrie Brownstein in Olympia, but also they touch on their childhoods and what brought them to those decisions to sort of go against the grain, to, to beat against a system that doesn't support them and succeed by being a woman and not because they were women and not in spite of the fact that they're women, but because they were women. And I highly recommend both of those books. The other one I would recommend is Shaky um, by Jim McDonough, and I think that is a wonderful book about Neil Young, and I think what's so special about it is I have met the author before and have heard kind of some of the backstory about what it took to get that book written, and it was an incredibly arduous task of getting permission from Neil Young and getting interviews with him and the research that was required to solidify the story and to also uh, be very honest about who he was and the way that he um, became successful from this, you know, Western Canada landscape to L.A. in the 70s to, you know, his current state of being. 
And it was such a um, traumatic experience uh, as a as a collaboration that Neil Young went on to write his own autobiography, which I believe is I believe is called Waging Heavy Peace, and as a response almost to it. But knowing Jimmy, he is a meticulous researcher and a wonderful writer. And I think it was, he doesn't have to prove himself to anyone, but I think Neil realized I'm giving my own story away and um, I want to write it myself. So I highly recommend Shaky. And I, I recommend Neil Young's autobiography also. I think it's fun to read things in Paris, but these are all great choices for um, Christmas gifts. And I mean, even like the Motley Crue memoir is hilarious um, about, you know, just heavy drinking Jack Daniels, eight, 80s L.A. glam scene. And it's a wonderful gift because they're quick reads and um, they can be given away or passed on or saved, depending on whether the person's like super into that musician or that experience. The third type of book that I think makes a great gift is your favorite book of the year. So giving away the book that you read, that you would give a five-star read to, that was on the top of every book list that you um, would write down or keep journals of or found yourself talking about constantly or thinking about constantly, the people around you want to know what makes you you and what makes you like something so much. And it is a way to connect. And I've talked about that many, many times on the podcast where giving a friend the gift of what it is you like to read, reading something together, reading with your teenager, doing these things together, it, it allows you to have a common topic to talk about and also to really consider what it is about that certain piece of art that makes the giver so passionate. So for me, um, this is not, these are some of the five-star re reads I have done, I've, I've read this year that I really find myself talking about a great deal. I'm not sure which one is top on the list. I'm not sure if it's even out of these three, because I'd have to really look at my year as a whole, which we'll do a wrap up of before the, in the new year. But I mean, off the top, it's Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabriel Seven. I think that is a, an amazing book about video gaming, about love, about platonic relationships, uh, about growing up. Um, Demon Copperhead, of course, Barbara Kingsolver's Demon Copperhead. I, I'm stunned by this book and um, talk about Dickensian, of course, you know, David Copperfield in, you know, methodicted mountain country. Um, and then I just finished The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett, which I'm also blown away by and have so much to talk about when it comes to that book that I cannot wait for Lori Trombley to read it so that we can talk about it together. Um, it is an amazing book, and there is so much in there to mine. And I really found myself wishing I was in the classroom again so we could get to the bottom of all of it. Um, a really, really stunning book. But again, it's your favorite book of the year. And maybe include a note that says, this is my favorite book, and I can't wait to talk about it with you. And it's such a sweet gift. And again, you know, the thing about books is that they're pretty cost effective. You can find things at half price book sales, thrift stores, you know, rummage sales, library book sales. 
It doesn't have to be the most beautiful, stunning, hardcover book. It could be your edition of it um, that you have that you carried around with your notes. And that makes a really special gift as well. And I think that, again, you're giving someone the gift of what it is you find so wonderful about this life and this reading life in particular. A small honorable mention is to just pick a book you've never read before again and read a book with a friend and for extra credit, have them do the same. So you actually get two books. So have them pick a book that you guys have never read before and you pick a book that you never read before. And now you have two books for um, snuggling up on the couch and drinking your tea and schedule that phone call too when you write um, them their note. So don't just say, hey, this is the book we're going to read together, but also say on February 1st, we are going to have a coffee, wine, tea, sipping, literary sipping kind of night um, together via Zoom if you're far away or in person if you're close. And what I wanted to also say before I leave is that revisiting children's books also is a wonderful thing to do around Christmas time. And there are so many out there and it can be really short books like the Polar Express and it can be longer, more fantastical books, of course, um, like the Percy Jackson series. But I think I wanted to leave you with a little reading of a classic, which is Ramona and Her Father by Beverly Cleary. And if you remember, this is a sequel, of course, to all the Ramona series. But um, in the very first chapter, she's writing her Christmas list. And um, they have just realized that her father has lost his job. Right now, Christmas is the least of our worries. Mrs. Quimby looked sadder than Ramona had ever seen her look. Taxes are due in November, and we have to buy groceries and make car payments and a lot of other things. Don't we have any money in the bank? asked Beezus. Not much, admitted Mrs. Quimby, but your father was given two weeks' pay. Ramona looked at the list she had begun so happily and wondered how much the presents she had listed would cost. Too much, she knew. Mice were free if you knew the right person, the owner of a mother mouse, so she might get some mice. Slowly, Ramona crossed out guinea pig and the other presents she had listed. As she made black lines through each item, she thought about her family. She did not want her father to be worried, her mother sad, or her sister cross. She wanted her whole family, including Picky Picky the cat, to be happy. Ramona studied her crayons, chose a pinky red one because it seemed the happiest color, and printed one more item on her Christmas list to make up for all she had crossed out. One happy family. Beside the words she drew, four smiling faces, and beside them, the face of a yellow cat, also smiling. So remember in this Christmas season, whatever it is, whatever you give, it's about you and the happiness you share with friends. So keep reading, friends. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to The Literary Sipper. I hope you enjoyed this episode and learned something new. If you did, please subscribe and leave a rating and review if you're feeling especially generous. Until next time, keep reading, keep writing, and keep putting your voice in the world. It's waiting for you.